This is Jamie Shefkick, manager of the 2017 champion Brewster Whitecaps, and you're listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. From the Gotham Podcast Studios in the heart of downtown New York City, Tribeca, my hometown, the greatest city in the world, this is The Conversation with Tommy Weber. I am Tommy Weber, and welcome to today's podcast. It's a, again, another cold day here in the Northeast, a tough day for those teams that are trying to get some footing as their season continues, looking for any break in the weather that'll make them get into a good uh, rhythm and flow. Today we have a fabulous podcast today. Uh, My buddy Jamie Shevchek, who is the head coach at Keystone College, he has 13 CSAC titles to his credit, two trips to the College World Series, 2016 runner-up in the College World Series, six-time coach of the year, eight years spent in the NECBL as a manager of the Danbury Westerners, and three years spent as the manager of the Brewster Whitecaps. And last season, he topped off his epic career with this. Through the wind-up and the pitch. This one hit on the ground towards short. Fielded by Graffinino. Throw on to first. In time. Now and forever. The Brewster Whitecaps are kings of the Cape in 2017. The Brewster Whitecaps defeat the Bourne Braves and win their first Cape League championship since 2000. And I speak, I'm sure, for Chev when I say that shit never gets old. Welcome aboard, Skip. Happy to be here, pal. Great to have you. I know you're pressed for time leaving with the club today at about 11 o'clock, headed up this way towards Newark. Uh, it's going to be cold and windy at that old ballpark, so make sure you got your long johns on. Yeah, we're headed from, uh, you know, we're, we're headed from 38 degrees to 41 today. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a warm-up for us. <laughs> oh, my God. It is amazing. Every year, it's tough. It's really tough. So when you hear that Aiden call, uh, what does it make you think? I mean, do you get goosebumps still? I still get goosebumps. Yeah, Me I mean, I, I you know, this is something you and I talk about all the time. I'm, I drive home from uh, from the office, and I'm still trying to figure out how, figure out how the hell we did it. Um, and every time I think about it, you know, every time I look at our ring, every I, I just reflect back on, you know, everything that we accomplished this summer. And uh, yeah, man, I still I still get goosebumps. It's one of those things that. You know, you're, you're never going to forget uh, throughout your career as long as you live. In the interest of full disclosure, Jamie and I um, started talking probably back around 2012 or 13 when I was running the ACBL Staten Island Tide, and uh, Jamie had a bunch of players that came and played for us, and we would speak twice a year. And uh, uh, after uh, Jamie decided to leave Danbury, he had had eight years of that kind of travel. It's a tough league, the NECBL, tons travel uh, and a lot of stress. Um, I spoke to Jamie, and he said that he was going up to the Cape. I congratulated him. It sounded great. Uh, a year later, I had uh, felt I had done all I could in the ACBL, and I was leaving. I wasn't going to manage anymore. And Jamie said, hey, why don't you think about the Cape, which is something I never contemplated. I never did. And he said something to me I'll never forget. We had lunch, I remember, down in Pennsylvania, and he said, uh, you deserve this. And I said, wow. I went to Catholic school, man. I don't think I deserve anything. And then I went home and talked to my wife, and Carolyn said, you deserve this. So I said, I guess I'm doing this. And I went up in 2016, and uh, I was sort of um, the odd man out. They had basically all just gotten back from the Division Three College World Series. They came within basically 27 outs of being national champions and uh, welcomed me as if I was one of their own. Um, I, I, I couldn't have had a, a better reception. I couldn't have been allowed to do more and to say more and to contribute more. It was a perfect fit. Uh, right from day one, 
Uh, and of course, um, last year, uh, being given the opportunity to take part in something like that, which is a, a gift forever, which will never stop giving, I'm greatly appreciative to, to Jamie. And I want to say one other thing. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, as I often do, because I have nothing to lose. It's my podcast. Uh, uh, if you're an athletic director and you're out there and you're thinking about uh, making a change and you're at a big-time school, uh, this is a guy that has to be on your radar. He has to be. He is in the sweet spot. He's the right age. He's the right character. He's an adult. He's got all the experience. This is a guy who has created, essentially, a Division three empire with limited resources in the Northeast, He's, taking, he's taken nothing and made it something epic. This is a big-time, nationally prominent Division Three program. This is the guy you need to interview at least. I can't tell you who to hire, but I can tell you athletic directors out there in all these major conferences, this is a guy you have to interview. So having said that, uh, Jamie, um, thank you for the 150 bucks that you sent me. I hope it was well spent. Uh, <laughs> But I mean that sincerely, and I will keep saying that um, until I stop saying it. So uh, I just want you to know that, and that's how I feel, and I'll say it to anybody. I've said it to you many times, and I, I think it's going to happen at some point for you. But in the meantime, you're going to continue to do what you do at Keystone, which is making that program one of the very best in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not, we're never, I'm never going to stop coaching. I'm never going to stop being, you know, who I am. It's, I think the, the problem that a lot of division three coaches face in, in, you know, and this is across the board, there's a lot of great coaches out there. There's a, there's, there's coaches in high school that are held a lot better than I am. And it, unfortunately you get labeled as that high school coach. You get labeled as that division three coach for so long. And, you know, I didn't have the resources you know, a long time ago to go be a volunteer assistant somewhere and, and kind of, as they say, grind it out. Uh, and I hate that word, but uh, I, I couldn't do that. So, and, and I got this job at a young age and, um, and I've been grateful for it. You know, Hey, I get to, I get to coach college baseball and if something down the road happened for me, you know, that's great. Um, I, I want to believe that you keep working hard you keep putting in the time and, and good things are going to happen. But let's go back to how you and I met. Don't forget. We talked for 10 years, pal, before, uh, before we even got a chance to, to see each other face to face. Well, we certainly that did. Time, yeah, we, I mean, we had a connection on the phone for a while. And I remember, you know, the first time that we met on that lunch, I had to actually look up, uh, try to find a picture of you to make sure I knew who was coming <laughs> through the damn door. Well, just look for a guy who's not that tall with a gigantic head. I'm the guy. That's me. <laughs> I, expected, I expected something totally different. I was looking for the big, you know, athletic fit guy. And, Whoa. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness! I worked out this morning. I can't. I'm not frail, okay? I'm not frail. That's an inside joke, but anyway. But it, it didn't take long, man. And you know this. I mean, the, the we we'd have our conversations yeah. on the phone for yeah. a long time, for yep. a few years, and you know, I, I knew it was the right thing. And and I've said this to you and to a lot of other people too. You know, uh, coaching in in the Cape and managing in the Cape is. Is, is awesome. It's an unbelievable experience, but what makes it even better is being around good baseball people and guys that you, you really love coming to the ballpark every day with. It's not just the players. It's the, it's the guys that's in the trenches with you. And that, uh, that's extremely important to me. So um, I look forward to it, Tommy, you know, that you Absolutely. Know, spending the time in the summer with you guys yep. is, is one of the, the greatest experiences of my life. Well, we, we all feel the same way and anybody, any player, any parent, any administrator that's ever come, uh, had any interaction with you is better off for it. Let, let me ask you something. Um, 
Keystone, where are you? How's the club? What do you think? Um, I know it's been really rough weather-wise. It's been an, almost an anomaly this, we- this, this winter. It's just been awful for you, especially being a bit west of us. You've really taken the brunt of a bunch of storms. Um, how's it looking today? You're coming up to Newark. Uh, how's the club look? You know, in the beginning of the year, I said this could be the best team that I've ever had, and that's a bold prediction um, to make because I've had some really good teams. But, you know, I, you, you judge it on what you do in the fall and what you do inside of a batting cage, and that's a hard read for, for six weeks um, before you get to play your first game. So, you know, we, we started our season off 0-4. Um, we've turned it around since then, and right now we're sitting at 9-5, and and I still do believe that we've got the talent um, to do some special things here. The problem that we always face is we're in northeastern Pennsylvania, we're in the northeast, and I've played, um, you know, what are 14 games right now, and I've only practiced on a baseball field three times. And I think that's usually what it is every year. We get off to a slow start because the weather, you know, puts us in that situation, but I think we're really strong at the end because we get our footing and we get we, we, we become better the more days that we get the chance to spend outside. Yeah, you get too many false positives indoors. Everybody looks like Nolan Ryan when they're throwing, and everybody looks like, you know, Miguel Cabrera in the cage. It's real easy to convince yourself one way or another that you're great or you stink, when in fact the real litmus test is when you get out on the field. And people don't appreciate this. I went to see one of our guys, Mickey Gasper, over the weekend, and it was great to see Mickey, but I froze. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I was trying to put myself in the place of the players, and my goodness, it's so difficult. You're, you're so distracted by the cold weather that you're really not as focused as you need to be to play well. And that's why the games are 3-2 and 3-1. Nobody scores, nobody hits, because you're really more concerned with getting off the field and getting warm than you are with playing the game. Yeah, I'm practicing inside a batting cage for six weeks is just miserable. It's You know, you, you, the attention span of the players aren't there. Right. If the NCAA ever moves the first five weeks of the season into a, onto a gym floor, we're going to be really, really good. <laughs> Um, but until that happens, it's just it's a miserable experience from January through March until until the weather breaks, unfortunately. And that's just the problem being in the Northeast. So you've got this unprecedented coaching pedigree um, and you, you, you've pretty much done it all. So if you could make one change, let's say you became head of the, the baseball world, what would it be? If I can make one change, um, I'd probably, you know, Something that we, you and I talk about too is, I would cut Division One baseball in half. Um, I'd play allow the teams to play more at the college level, more games in the fall. Mm-hmm. All your development comes in the fall. That's when the best weather is. Right. And unfortunately, we're on a, a time crunch and limited time that we can be with our players and on the field. And it seems like we're just being hamstrung over and over again to. If it's about the experience of the kids, then we need to have a more, you know, more hands-on approach. And you know, they, they, listen, this is 2018. Kids go to college to play baseball. They choose college colleges to play ball. They get their degree while they're there. You know, if that's the case, allow them to play baseball. You know, and and I think if that changes, when that changes, it's never going to change with the NCAA, in my opinion. But if I can change one thing, it would be allow these kids to have a little bit more freedom and not be, you know, hamstrung under the umbrella of the NCAA with everything mm-hmm. they do. Okay, good. I'll go one step further because I'm not employed by the NCAA. I have no affiliation. But until you get rid of this monolith, this giant that we've created, this all-powerful, corrupt organization, it, 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 it does, the future doesn't bode well for a non-revenue-generating sport like baseball, especially on a low level, 
because all these rules really essentially are for 50 schools. The other 400 schools that, that participate in, in baseball and in athletics, really these rules don't pertain to them. And to have Arizona State and Keystone College playing by the same rules is absurd on its face. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't benefit, you know, it be, sure it benefits Arizona State, but it doesn't benefit Keystone at all. So um, I, I, I appreciate that perspective. I really do. Um, we are going to, uh, do we have John? Yes. John, Tommy Weber, you're welcome to the conversation with Tom, with Tommy Weber. You are on with Jamie Shevchuk. How are you, man? Well, I'm, this is, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm honored to be here. John, just let me let me give everybody a little heads up as to who you are. As I said to Jamie, first of all, Chev and Schiff sounds like a great <laughs> Lower East Side New York Jewish deli. Okay, let's think about that after we do this. <laughs> Some That's nice beautiful. pastrami. I mean, we could really do it right. But let, let me tell everybody about about our friend John Schiffner. Uh, John uh, is twenty five for twenty five years. John managed the the Chatham A's Anglers. Uh, in the Cape Cod League. Uh, he's a two-time champion. He was immortalized, as the Brian Dennehy character was him, in the movie Summer Catch. And there is no truth to the rumor that he and Jessica Beals might have, you know, had a little thing there during the filming of that. Right, John? She was not, was she? Uh, no shot. You had to turn, <laughs> no did you shot. turn her she down? She's got a lot better taste than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've only been in the Cape for two years, and... Um, one of the things about about Schiff that that is is was clearly evident was aside from being uh, the gold standard of managers in the Cape, uh, he's also the gold standard of people in the Cape. He was a guy who, uh, irrespective of how hard you played against him and how hard he played against you, he was impossible to dislike. He was a gentleman and a professional. Uh, he coached third base and he did it as well as anybody could, and he was always respectful of of us and our players and. Um, I, I must say, John, um, you will be sorely missed. Uh, I know now you're an assistant coach at the University of Maine. So, um, how does it feel now that the smoke is cleared? Uh, and uh, well, first of all, thank you so much because that was a really nice intro there, and I really appreciate that. I mean, just just for me, it was just a lot of fun to do what I did for all those years. Um, smoke cleared. I, you know, it, I've moved on. Um, I'm going to miss it terribly, but. Um, you know, what I'm doing now at Maine is fantastic, and I'll be on the road this summer recruiting. You know, it's it's something that I've uh, never had a part – ever really had a chance to do is to be, you know, in in the full – the whole thing involved in college baseball program. Three years ago, I was a volunteer, and you weren't allowed to recruit, so it kind of took away from, you know, that aspect. And now I'm on the road and – or will be on the road, and uh, I'm looking forward to that and uh, just – it's, it's fun to be a part of a college baseball program, something I always wanted the opportunity to do. John, where do you see the Maine program right now? Of course, you know, uh, when, I, when we played in college, Maine was a, you know, a perennial national power, you know, College World Series a couple of times, I think. Um, where, where do you see the program right now? We're, we're, we're getting back, slowly getting back, and it's very difficult. Uh, you know, you have to get a certain kid that's going to come up here. Um, you know, right now I'm looking out the window of my office. There's almost 25 inches of snow on the ground. Um, they're, they're clearing the field now. We'll be able to play this weekend against Albany. But, uh, you know, you got to get a, the right kid that's going to come up here because, you know, it's, we're not going to try to, uh, you know, smooth it over. It's Maine. Right. And, uh, you know, we got 25 inches of snow about – two weeks ago or so, and then 15, three days before that, we got hit pretty hard by those nor'easters. Uh, but you guys see that in Pennsylvania. It's, you know, this, yep. that's, this is not a, 
you know, we don't corner the market on snow, but it's, it's tough up here and you got to get the right kind of kid here. Uh, things have changed over the years when Maine was making those runs into the college world series, because at that time there was really no scholarship limitations right. and there was some really, you know, people up here who really wanted to see the program work and they funded the program, you know, to the maximum effort. And you had a large percentage of the kids on the team and they were all basically from the Northeast and coach Winkin was getting kids from, you know, many different Northeast States and they all had some kind of scholarship money. And once the NCAA came in and made a change where you had 11.7 across the board, that really put a real dig into what they were doing up here. And, uh, you know, right now we're just trying to, you know, get ourselves in the hunt for the America East, you know, conference tournament and go from there. We went to the finals last year, and we don't see any reason why we can't, you know, do that again. But, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's a, it's a bit, it's, it's difficult. And as all the Northern tier teams, yep. you know, most of the teams that we have in, in the American East, you know, they're going through that right now. UMBC gets battered with some storms every once in a while. And then everybody else is, you know, way up North up here. And, you know, we were just in Hartford the other day, their field was pretty clear, uh, but there were still snow banks hanging around and I'm sure there's snow in Albany, Binghamton, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's just the type of kid you get here. And then, we do like to say that you know where our campus is friendly. Um, it's a, it's a, your family up here because we're we're pretty much the last show up here in Bangor, Bangor, Orono uh-huh. area. Yep. yep. So it, there's a family atmosphere, and we have good facilities. We've got a dome that we can take full batting practice in. We can't oh, play great. games in there, but we have a full infield, um, a pavilion that has two pitching mounds in it, along with the two two sides we can take batting practice in there the locker room is really nice so we get a kid on campus we think we got a shot at getting them well john i have to say this you know um it was it was really it was kind of emotional watching your farewell tour uh in the cape this this summer i mean i know it was for you um you didn't quite get the same quality of gifts they gave like mariano rivera and Derek jeter um (laughs) but it was great to watch and it, it it really you know if if you had a heart you couldn't not be kind of affected by it and we all were uh and 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 to that end you were with us really up until the last day you were with us in the championship game because when when i got to the field uh for the championship game august 13th you know we had we had really kind of missed an opportunity the night before to to bury born and i think we breathed life into them and it changed kind of the whole tenor of that championship day and i remember um, walking into the dugout, it was kind of like a morgue. So I, I said I used some foul language and got guys, you know, up again. Uh, and I remember, Chev, I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but you got. Yeah. I, do you remember? I do remember. All right, I tell, do remember. I, I leaned on on Schiff as I as I did for three years, and just to pick his brain a little bit. And um, you know, he said something to me, whether it was the day before or before that series was, um, and, and I might have it wrong here, but he said, enjoy the experience, sit back, let your guys play and stay out of their way. Yep. And, and Schiff, you have to know why that is so poignant for us, because I think if we had a theme for the last couple of years, it really has been, Get out of the player's way. Stop micromanaging every single aspect, which is really the prevailing sentiment now in instruction. You know, it's become so automated. Players seem to be so robotic and so concerned with every single move they make that we've sort of 
gone in the other direction and said, you know, let's give the game back to the players. Let's let them invent and improvise a little bit. Because really, when it all comes down to it, once you make out that lineup card, you really don't have a lot of control. You know, if your shortstop boots the ball, there's really not a lot you can do. So speak to that, please, a little bit. Well, one thing you have to remember, this those are the best players in the country, yes. flat out best players in the country. And they're there for a reason because they're the best players in the country. Just guide them. Just guide them. We always said that, you know, the, the most important job as the coaching staff is not necessarily X's and O's, but it's like getting some of the best players in the country through the worst summer they've ever had. Right. Some of these kids have never failed before. And they don't know what they don't know how to handle it. So true. And it's the ones that can handle it who will do well in professional baseball. Once they see what they need to do to figure the Cape Cod leg out or get close to figuring it out, they're going to be a better player the next season in college, and they're going to have a shot of being really good at Pro Bowl. And you know, you you know, they don't want to be beaten up. Uh, they don't want to be you know micromanaged because most of them are in the colleges they come from. Just let them play. You know, just let them play and make suggestions. And, you know, if somebody does something inappropriate, you take them aside and say, hey, that's unacceptable. Let's go. You're representing your school, your team, your family. You know, let them play ball. I mean, they wouldn't be there, you know, if they if they didn't, if they weren't a good player. So there's very little, you know, I think micromanaging makes these kids tighter. So you just let them play. Let them have fun. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I said it for 25 years. The three things I asked my players to do when they came to the Cape was be better from the time they got there to when they leave, help us win games and have the best summer of your life. Well, can't yeah, beat that. Man. That's great advice. Yeah. We got, Tom, you know, you were, I mean, you were obviously in, in summer ball too, and shit's been doing it longer than both of us. But when you get into you know, the New England league or the ACBL or the, even the Cape league, I'm convinced that it's a coin flip of, of who you're getting as a player. It's even more of a coin flip because you have no idea what kind of character kids these are. And those championships are won at the end by, you know, helping to motivate your players to be there and stick it out and, um, and try to get better every day. It, has, it really has nothing to do with the talent level. I think it's, it's more of finding the right group of guys that really want to play baseball and play for the right reasons. And, and they're the team right. that have the most success. So, Schiff, Schiff let me, let me, let me, let, I'll let you inside on something. So, one day we're out there, you know, and – and Jamie's not like a fire and brimstone. You know, we're not making speeches every day because, you know, it's a grind. And, and guys, right. you know, it's like school. You, you just don't want to – kids don't want to be annoyed and constantly preached to. They kind of turn you off if you do that. So, anyway, we're down a left field line one day, and he's got the team convened. And, you know, we're going okay. We're playing like 500. You know, we're doing fine. And he starts with this speech. And I'm, I'm standing there, and I'm thinking to myself, where's he going with this? And he starts talking about playing for something bigger than yourself. And, you know, it's like right out of the coach handbook. And then he says, well, you know, and we're playing for a championship. And I thought to myself, did he fall down and, like, have a head trauma last night? (laughs) Like, championship? Like, isn't it a little early to throw down that gauntlet? And here he is, and he's going off. It's like a 20-minute speech. And as you know, 20 minutes is forever on a baseball field during early work. And I'm like, well, I – and so I look around, and I'm the only other guy there, and I'm like, I guess that's what we're doing. We're going to try to win a championship? It's like <laughs> – I'm thinking, is he – has the old man basically, you know, is he now Captain Queeg, you know, with the strawberries? <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what are we going to do? Are we going to have to mutiny this ship at some point in time? So I, I, I and, and I mean, you've been around, you've done this, of course, in the Cape so much longer than we have. Have you ever invoked that kind of gauntlet with, with one of your teams? And do you think that Chev needs to get some, you know, <laughs> psychological no, it help? It obviously worked. So <laughs> they, I, I oh, thanks know. a lot. I, I don't want to contradict that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, what, what we say to the kids is that you really want to make the playoffs, not because of the championship, how much fun the playoffs are, because the crowds are different in yep. the playoffs. Yep. You know, especially in Chatham. I mean, it's electric in Chatham. You make the playoffs, and holy mackerel, the whole town's there. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing I tell the kids is don't miss out on the playoffs. It's a lot of fun. It's different. There's an air about it that's so much different. Make the playoffs and then see what happens at the end. You know, that's the big deal is make the playoffs. Do you think um, – here's one of my observations in my, my two seasons. It is, there is no coincidence between – the all-star game happening and this mass exodus sometimes that we get, do you think that's how a player separates himself? And I'm really thinking about a great kid like Logan Warmoth who got hurt, went, left, and most kids that leave the Cape never come back, and, and he came yeah. back. And I think that did as much to elevate his draft status as anything that he did on the field. Speak to that. I would totally agree. I mean, to do that is, you know, in today's day and age, I mean, we've – we're getting excuses now that, well, my girlfriend says if I don't come home, she's going to break up with me. <laughs> so what he did was pretty special. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you know, you can't, that's you know, that, that's, that's, that's unique in today's day and age. So uh, good for him. And that's, that says a lot for what you guys did, what you, you know, he learned from you guys. So that's, a, I mean, that's tremendous. Yeah. I, I that's take the most frustrating part. That's the most frustrating part of, of being, you know, managing in the Cape with that, with that kind of talent is the guys that leave and why they leave. You know, we think about the guys that left right before the playoffs oh. and what they, what they missed and what they missed out right. on by staying right. an extra nine days. That breaks my heart. It really right. does. Because they really cheated themselves yeah, out of experience. Changed. I Sh- mean, years ago, you know, when I first started, I mean, you, somebody's got like a broken hand and he wants to stay. And, right. you know, I'll, I'll swing with one bat, one arm, coach. And, and now they're going home with bone bruises. So, so let um, me. Know, pro- it's just a different. It's a different kid now, and it, that's that makes managing the Cape, you know, even more difficult because the coaches are backing that in most cases because they don't want a backlash of that, you know, athlete possibly transferring or his agent being mad at you and not sending right. you players right. anymore. So we've got John Schiffner, Cape Cod Hall of Famer, Jamie Shevchik, uh, Keystone head coach, and Brewster Whitecap manager. Um, do you think, both of you, because as I said to Jamie when we were doing the pre-interview, you know, my printer ran out of paper when I was um, printing your bios. I feel like the <laughs> kind of the ugly third uh, going out on a Friday night with two really beautiful <laughs> girls. Um, I've got to start. Go- i got to get going because <laughs> I'm like a half a page. You guys are Schiffner. Chef, Schiffner's like eight pages, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, you're really piling it on. You're rubbing it in a little bit, John. But, any- but anyway, um, do you think that part of that is because of the shift in the last generation to the individual uh, development as of, with the cost being the team development? Where kids now, by the time they're 14 years old, they play for seven different travel teams. If they're not hitting third and playing shortstop, their father invents a new travel team that they could play for. <laughs> they're much more transient and less 
rooted in the, in the whole team experience. You guys speak to right. That. There's no question. They they they're out for themselves uh, because no one's taught them, you know, what it's like to be part of a team. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's again, that's one of the obstacles that we have is to, you know, yes, they're on their college team, but they're surrounded by the same guys who are. Right. They probably knew or played against those guys in travel ball at some point, and they do that in the Cape as well. But um, it, it, it the travel ball, there's there are certainly a lot of questions to be raised about the positives of travel ball now as we get to 2018. At one point it was it was it was working out, and now it really isn't. I mean, you you know you you play on three or four different travel ball teams. You have no idea. You don't even know the names of your teammates. Right. You know, you just go in there and you're a pitcher. You throw your three innings. You get in the car. You go to the airport. You fly home. You know, and you know, and then you run into some guy two years later. Hey, I played for you down in San Antonio. Yeah, I don't remember you. What position did you play? You know, it's, it's that's that's difficult, and that that attitude is, you know, it's it's really out there now, and it's it's very very difficult to, you know, again they're they're not accustomed to the grind, you know, they play on the weekends and they play even you know the college season, it's a weekend and you get three days four yep, days off yep, during yep. the middle of the week. You yep. might play a midweek game, and you know there's only 20 hours of time you're allowed to have contact with your kids, and then all of a sudden you get to the Cape Cod League and. You know, some guys want you to work out a little bit. Yep. There's actually practice every once in a while. And, right. you know, it's you're playing. It's more like playing Pro Bowl. seven, 10, 12 days a week. Right. It's more like I mean, Pro uh, Bowl. T- t- yeah, definitely. Jeff. In a row, you're playing seven, 10, 12 days in a row. I remember 1998, we actually went to a field 39 straight days. Wow. And we either got fogged out, rained out, you know, at that point, that, you know, these kids wouldn't, they, they'd freak out. Right. You know, they're, they're freaking out when they have to go to, go to the yard five days a week. Chef, speak to that. It, and it's getting worse in my opinion. I mean, now it's, it started off with the, the high school and the, with the travel ball. And now it's, it's even stemming down into little league organizations. I mean, how it wasn't long ago when you played little league baseball, when you played June, July, the beginning of August, and you went back to school. And now That's right. little leagues are ending. You're ending in June. Little right. leagues are over. Championships done in June because they need to make room for the seven, eight weeks of All Stars and then the travel ball. And so I don't know if it's getting any better. You know, the, the every academy popping up on every corner doesn't do the, right. the players any justice. That's adding to the to the issue because kids are training to hit inside of a batting cage and they're training for showcases and they're losing out on on how to play the game and how to play the game the right, right. way. Well, in New York. In New York, and teammate. One of the one of the greatest words in my vocabulary is teammate. Me too. Me too. If I could be remembered as one thing, that's really what I'd like to be remembered as: a great teammate. What What more can you be? I mean, exactly. What, <laughs> because what that's universal, compliment. John. Right? Is, I mean, that's that's your whole life. Imagine if you're a great teammate oh to your God. your yeah. wife, your partner, your business yeah. partners, your your students, your players. I mean, that really encompasses it all. And in New York, well, travel so teams what, are advertising. So many... Travel teams are advertising. We don't practice. So all you right. have to do is play some games. That's, That's it. That's great. <laughs> <We don't laughs> Come with us. We don't practice. Beautiful. Chef, I know. I know. Chev has to get on the bus with his club, and this is really. Um, I hope the first. I want you guys on. I'm going to do an hour with you guys um, if you're free in the coming weeks. I know Chev has a ball game to play, uh, and I need you guys to record a couple of promos before you. Well, leave. I'll just let, I'll just leave on one note. I have never never met a microphone I didn't like. Uh, in Italian, we have a word. It's called gacchiarone, and that was evident. You're, you're like me. You could do this. So I'm, we're going to have you for an hour. Uh, 
when, <laughs> when I can't get a word in edgewise, then you're a talker. And by the way, by the way, yeah. rumor has it, rumor has it, I'm not going to say which club, but a club close to us may be lucky enough to have John Schiffner involved with us this summer. It would be a dream come true. We're hoping that that could happen. I'm not going to say who, but I'm going to leave it at that. It's like a Columbo murder mystery. Okay, there's only four people. There's only four people who know that reference, and three of them are on this podcast. <laughs> so that rumor, that rumor, that rumor is floating down to the Northeast. So ab- it's ab- getting out there. Uh, absolutely. Well. It it's like be, it would be a dream come true. It would be. It would be. And let let me tell you something. This this is rarefied air right here. John Schiffner, Cape Cod Hall of Famer, and a great guy. We are going to have him on again during the season, definitely. As a matter of fact, John, anytime you want to get on, you have a list of stuff that you want to talk about. Feel free. You have an open invita- invitation. Jamie well, Sh- I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll just follow Jamie's lead. We'll have a good time. You bet, Jamie Shevchik. Manager 2017, Cape Cod champion Brewster Whitecaps, one of the absolute best in the country at doing what he does. This has been The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Thanks for stopping by. We will see you soon.